Welcome to episode 27 of the Conservatarian Podcast with your host CJ Westfall. Today we have a very special guest, candidate for governor, uh, John Warren, who has done over 300 combat missions that he led. He led men into battle in the Marines and also has built a billion-dollar company, um, one of the fastest-growing companies here in South Carolina. John, thanks so much for joining us, and thanks so much for your time. Thanks, CJ. Happy to be here. Awesome, man. Well, you've just been on fire lately. Everybody's been talking about you in conservative circles. Last night, you you had a fantastic debate. Um, Let's kind of get right into last night's debate and pick up right where you were leaving off. Um, You mentioned that... um, that you would support candidates that were, I guess, rhinos is, is what the word you'll, we'll use for it. People that are running as Republicans but are voting with Democrats. Uh, Hugh Leatherman in particular, who gives out family contracts to his family um, for, you know, for state projects. And, and it's, it's cronyism at its finest. Um, could you expand a little bit more on that? Because everybody that I've talked to is, has really wanted to hear from you about you know, supporting these primary candidates um, in races where we have these rhinos. Um, if you could just elaborate on that from last night. Absolutely. So one of the questions that I get asked after I talk normally is, you know, it starts with, we love your agenda. How are you going to accomplish any of that? Right. Because the governor's power is very, very weak. So what I tell them is you have to be realistic in terms of what you can accomplish and when. And my wife and I look at going to Columbia as an eight-year deployment, and it's battling a political insurgency. So the first thing that we would do is we would look to the state agencies that the governor can control. Remarkably, there are 110 state agencies throughout our state, which makes no sense, and the governor only controls 16 of them. But it does equal about $10 billion in funding of the state's $28 billion budget. So it's significant. First thing I would do is tackle those 16 agencies. I would task an outside consulting firm uh, that goes to the the best bidder to do two things. One, how do we improve efficiencies? Number two, how do we improve customer service? Because ultimately, we have to run those state agencies better. We have to value the taxpayer dollars, and we need to get better service out of them. And I think we'll be so successful with those 16 that you that will provide a blueprint, a blueprint for doing it across all 110 state agencies. So that's real reforms that you can get done without changing the legislature. I, I agree with kind you. Of the, that, that's kind of the carrot. But as a Marine, we believe in the stick. And ultimately, <laughs> we are going to systematically target every state rep and every state senator who does not want to go along with the conservative reform agenda, who continuously betrays the Republican platform. I'm going to find quality candidates to run against them. I'm going to help them get financing, and then I'm going to campaign with them. And that way, that is how you get real reforms through because you change the landscape of the legislature. And once you change the legislature, then you can get real reforms through, like, term limits, like making DOT and our education system accountable to the governor, like overhauling our archaic and very punitive tax system. But those, ultimately, that is the blueprint to change our state and protect taxpayers. 
Well, that's that's right. What I wanted to hit on right there is is talking about finding financing and supporting these these primary candidates against these these rhinos. Um, and Kevin Bryant calls them trough dwellers. Um, where would you start, man? Because I know that we got to secure this nomination for you. Uh, where would you start? Because there's there's some really good candidates, um, like the guy running against Nathan Ballantine, who co-sponsored the Baseload Review Act. Britton Wolf, he's been raising an intense amount of money, um, really, you know, giving a scare to the establishment. You got Tom Fernandez running against Les Davis. You got Russell Gerard running against Cogswell, who also voted for the gas tax. Um, are these the kind of people that you'll be looking at? And um, as far as supporting these primaries, have you looked at any of the primary candidates this election cycle? The, the only primary that I'm focused on this election cycle is my own. Sure. Because ultimately we've got to change the leadership in Columbia starting at the top, and that's what I'm attempting to do. I think we have a huge grand, uh, groundswell of support building, uh, and I think we will be in a runoff with against Henry McMaster, and then we will win that. Uh, and then once that happens, you know, everyone else uh, needs to be prepared that if they go against reform agendas that I have, then they're going to get targeted. And I don't care who they are, I don't care how long they've been there, but I'm going to get them out of there because that's, that's the blueprint. I love it. I love it. Well, um, I want to. You, you made me think of Proverbs sixteen thirty two the other night when I watched you uh, in the in the previous debate um, in Charleston, um, which says, "Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self control than to conquer a city." And um, you come off as somebody who um, you, you said a, a quote from the other night was, "Other candidates lack core competencies required as a leader." Um, personally, you come off as a very strong leader to me, someone who has conquered their self. Um, and that's, that's why I think that you're my choice, but, uh, what makes you think that you are a good leader? What leadership skills do you think you took away from the Marines and building that billion dollar company? Ultimately, I, when I talk about leadership, I boil it down into three things. And I firmly believe that true leadership is found in three traits of an individual. Number one, it's the individual's core values. It's their core competencies and whether or not they have courage. And in terms of my core values, I'm a businessman. I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. I believe in common sense and I believe in service. And those are the core values that I'm going to take to Columbia to fight for the taxpayer. Um, you know, other other competitors, their core values are supporting people like Hugh Leatherman and Vincent Shaheen. That's the alternative. And we've got to have someone in there that is a true conservative. In terms of core competencies, I think it's really important that we've had someone that's actually fought for their country, that's led uh, a lot of combat missions, that has been tested in the most dire pressure situations and has responded well to it. And then we've got to have someone that's been successful in the private sector, someone that has run a company, someone that has signed the front of a paycheck rather than always signing the back of a paycheck, and someone that can run government efficiently. And finally, we've got to have someone that has the courage to take on the special interests, the career politicians, and the lobbyists who ultimately are feasting off of the taxpayers. And I am the only candidate that can say they have the right three traits of true leadership. 
I'd have to agree with you there. Um, I, I definitely appreciate you breaking that down for us. Uh, let's go to a real quick lightning round, John, if you don't mind. Um, I want to be able to get keep this as uh, brief as possible with getting some good substance out there for the people listening. Um, a lot of hot-button issues out there this election cycle. A lot of people have different priorities and, and you know why they're voting for certain people. Um, I want to hit some about six different issues just really quickly in a lightning round. Uh, real quick, how do you feel about the gas tax from last year and how that's affected our roads? I'm here in Charleston. We've seen no help in our roads. Um, and it seems like everybody's scared of a free market solution. And then also in that same breath, how do you feel about the current state income tax? Um, and some have called to get rid of it. So taxes, where are you at there? So in terms of the gas tax, we were all lied to. I was a huge supporter of being against the gas tax. Uh, they passed it anyway. We've seen no improvements. The gas tax did not work. It's the same liberal argument that we always hear, which is we just have a spending problem. We need to spend more money. That's not the problem. We have an accountability problem and we have an efficiency problem. We put forth a roads plan this week in Charleston uh, and what we called for was making the DOT a cabinet level agency accountable to the governor. We also uh, called for the elimination of the DOT commission and the state infrastructure bank. And we want to require, and this is probably the most important thing, we want to require the DOT to have a transparent five-year plan which details which roads are going to be paved, when they're going to be paved, why are they going to be paved, and which roads are going to be created. And this should all be transparent to the taxpayers so that they can see it, and it should be justified based on need and usage. Right now, we have way too many roads being paved and created based on a few senators having way too much power. I'll give another example of Florence. They were awarded $144 million road contract, and the road, no one uses it. That would be much better spent spread across the state looking at what are the areas that are quickly growing, what are the areas that need the infrastructure improved, and those are real business solutions to a complex problem. In terms of the income tax, ultimately, the home run solution is getting rid of the income tax. I think you have to do it incrementally. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would start with is getting rid of all the special interest loopholes. Mm-hmm. If you did that, you could immediately cut the income tax and the sales tax by half. Wow. So that would stimulate a ton of economic opportunity. But ultimately, I think a huge benefit, a huge home run would be getting rid of the income tax altogether. And the argument that we can't get it done, that just is not the case. If Tennessee can do it, South Carolina can do it. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Well, that's that's a, that's a fantastic answer and doing things incrementally to sometimes to some people. That's not good enough, but I think that's how you have to do it with the political reality that we have here. Um, let's get to constitutional carry, which has been a very hot button issue. People don't want to have to pay money to exercise what they believe are their natural rights uh, to defend themselves. Um, if, if constitutional carry, if a bill came across your desk as governor, is that something that you would send back in a veto or is that something you'd consider, John? I would sign that bill. That's good. Okay, perfect. Well, let's get to a couple more issues. Um, I, ha- I haven't heard your specific stance on the South Carolina Compassionate Care Act. Um, as far as medicinal marijuana, and I haven't heard 
um, anything on on the solar the solar panel bill that was uh, recently in the house. Um, basically, the on the solar panel you got the caps, the three percent caps. Uh, only three percent of people are allowed to to freaking have solar panels on their own house. Uh, and then there's also the other side of it where there's the subsidies where taxpayers are getting, you know, we're paying for those those uh, those solar panels. So um, in a brief in a brief uh, response, how would you how would you consider the Compassionate Care Act and the current uh, debacle with solar panels, um, and then also the SCNG Scana Dominion donating money to all of your opponents and a lot of um, House opponents. So where do you stand on those issues? Okay, so for medical marijuana, I I support uh, medical marijuana use for medical conditions. I give an example. My dad passed away from brain cancer. <clears throat> if there was something that could have eased his pain towards the end, uh, I would have been in favor of him having it. Yeah. I think it's a great example. <clears throat> I think it's a great example of where the federal government has continued to fail all of the citizens in the U.S. It should be regulated just like every other drug uh, by the FDA, but it's not because the FDA is in bed with all the pharmaceutical companies who would lose out if medical marijuana came online. So, you know, I would support medical marijuana usage, you know, I need to study that bill to see all of the details, but that's my position on medical marijuana. I would also include in that that I will always fight to keep recreational use of mar- medical or of any marijuana uh, illegal. Okay, okay. So recreational, illegal, medicinal, um, legal. Gotcha. Okay, so what about solar panels in a brief answer? Uh, I'm not as familiar with that bill okay. clearly as you are. Ultimately, I believe in freedom, so I'd have to look into that bill. But okay. if it's your house, I believe you should be able to do pretty much what you want to do to your house. Well, it kind of sounds like you 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 fit the bill of what our show is. We're the conservatarian podcast, and um, it kind of sounds like you have the 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 take that you own yourself, and as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Um, you know, you're, you're fine to operate within the law. Uh, one last thing I want to get to is you're very, very articulate when it comes to ethics reform. And, um, everybody's been talking about ethics reform and even the people that need the, (laughs) need to be investigated are talking about ethics reform. It's the hottest button issue right now, this election cycle. Um, just give me a good, good answer on, on what you do differently than some of your opponents, um, as far as ethics reform goes. Number one, I really believe the, the way to save our state and save our country are term limits. Term limits would end a lot of the corruption. It would also incentivize a lot higher caliber person willing to serve. Because right now, a lot of people, when I try to convince them to run for South Carolina Senate or the House, they say, I don't want to go down there for 10 years and accomplish nothing just so I can accomplish something the next five years. So term limits is a big one. Income disclosure. We have to know anyone that is taking money from a lobbyist, and it needs to be out in the open. So I'm a huge proponent of income disclosure. You know, McMaster killed that. Catherine Templeton still has not allowed anyone to see her taxes. 
So mm. I'd like to see where her income is coming from. Uh, that is a huge deal. And then uh, finally, we've got to end no-bid contracts. We need to bid things out competitively. And again, we cannot have someone be a director of an agency and then leave and go straight to consulting for that agency like mm-hmm. Mrs. Templeton did, making more money than when she was director of the agency. Right. So those are some of the ethics reforms that I would install. Well, I think that, that all sounds like really good efficient solutions. John, thanks so much for coming on the show today. And I wanted to keep it under 20 minutes. One last thing I want to say to you is uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love that you're a principled guy and you're a natural born leader. I think that's clear to everybody that, that hears you speak and, and watches these debates. So I hope a lot of people are watching. The one thing I want to leave with you, John, is um, you mentioned, uh, and we, we talked about this at the beginning of the show very quickly, you mentioned it uh, in the last two debates that you'd be willing to come out and support any candidates that are uh, fighting these rhinos. And um, I'm, I'm doing everything I can with my platform to, to push these candidates up. But if you can, in your free time, look up Britton Wolf, look up Tom Fernandez, look up Russell Gerard, look up Jason Klaus, look up Jordan Pace. These are all constitutional conservatives uh, that are running grassroots campaign that really have good shots at um, un- unseating some incumbents. And every, every one of those names that I just mentioned to you are running against people that have raised the gas tax, uh, running against people that have um, you know, abstain from votes on abortion. These are ru- running against people that have voted for the Baseload Review Act. So um, that would just be incredible if you could look into those guys because there is a there is a good movement uh, with a very similar message to what you have right now going on um, in different parts of the state. So look those people up, man, and, and thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Okay. Well, John Warren, where can we find out more about your campaign? Where can we find your website? How can we donate and get involved? Uh, just go to warrenforgovernor.com. That's warrenforgovernor.com. Awesome. Warrenforgovernor.com. Ladies and gentlemen, John Warren, he's going to be our next governor. I'm sure hoping so. Thanks again, John, for coming on. Have a great rest of your day, guys. This has been episode 27 of the Conservatarian Podcast.